Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to Parently. Kelsey Higgins, and today I am joined by my friend Amy Schmitz. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm really looking forward to our conversation because you are speaking with us on an interesting topic, which I'm just going to tee up right off the bat. You (laughs) never wanted to be a parent, and now you are a parent. Exactly right. Yep. I still, to this day, have some people say, Oh, I'm so surprised that you have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's start at, at square one. When did you begin thinking about having or not having children and come to that decision? So I realized that I wasn't as closed off to the idea of having kids uh, when I was with my husband. Um, we have been only married for two years, but we've been together for like 10 And he's one of those um, folks that falls into the, I'm just going to have a kid while I'm in high school bucket. And so he's been a dad the entire time that I've known him and seeing him and how dedicated he is as a parent and how devoted he is to his daughter, it just, I think really kind of helped like ease my mind. I'm like, okay, I won't have to do this alone. Like I am going to have a strong parent, someone who's done this before in the picture that can kind of help show me you know, show me how this is done, like how we do this. And I think that that really made me feel like this is something that, that we can take on together. Was it ever, uh, was it ever a thought that you, you, you just didn't want to have children or you felt like you didn't have enough information to make that decision? Like, so let me back up for me. I always thought I would want to be a mom. Like that's just something I, I, always thought. And then when I met my husband, that was the first time that I felt like, okay, I actually, I I think I could live a pretty fulfilled life without kids. Like, I don't think that's necessarily something that I need. So did you ever have kind of that thought? You didn't need them to be fulfilled in life or was it, hell no, I do not want children? So I guess a little bit of my backstory is that I was raised by a single mom and there are three girls of which I'm the oldest. So I had a lot of responsibility at a very young age. And I really think that that is probably the crux of where all of this started. Of Like, I, I don't want this. Having kids is for the birds. Like, I was never the girl in the neighborhood that babysat. Um, I just never really mm. felt, you know, maternal in that way. And even when I got to the point where I, you know, was past high school, past college and had a job, you know, corporate America, quote unquote, if people brought their kids into the office, I would be like, Oh, time to go to the bathroom. I mean, like just the thought of them walking through the hallways and doing the fake, like, "Mm, can I hold him or her? They're so cute. I mean, absolutely not. When I thought about having kids and what got me really excited about having kids is when my, my family or my friends or loved ones Um, brought their kids around, I thought, oh my gosh, that's, you know, they're so cute. They're so sweet. I I want one. So you just talked about kind of coworkers and maybe strangers. Did you ever have friends and family having kids? And did you feel any differently about that? No, um, 
I mean, I've had, of course, a lot of friends and family have kids, but it never really swayed me one way or the other. In fact, I, I sort of feel like having kids and all of the people that are struggling with infertility, I kind of feel like it's our generations, you know, it's just this battle that I think is more prevalent now or more spoken about now than ever before. And I know a lot of women that have been trying for years or who have lost kids. And it's that really kind of played into my decision-making of if, if this was a road I wanted to go down. Like, I think that a lot of times when people get married, they talk about, you know, religion and politics and things like that. But I think really other important questions that people should talk about is, you know, how do you feel about adoption or how much money would we be willing to spend on alternative methods if we aren't able to get pregnant naturally? And um, it's just it, overall, the topic is something that I've given a lot of thought about. That is such an interesting point because mm-hmm. I have multiple friends and I mean multiple friends who have had to have those conversations in their marriage and never expected that they would need to decide how much money their mm-hmm. you know ideal future family is worth to them and B if they could agree on that price but what's interesting to me about it is I I took marriage prep classes I mean through my church and whatever else and you also get lots of advice from people solicited unsolicited and nobody ever brought that up so I think that's a really interesting point mm-hmm. yes. did, did you and your husband talk about that yeah, we we talked about it. I mean, my husband is is very religious. I'm not like he, you know, he always wanted a big family and it was I think it may have been one of the reasons why we waited so long to get engaged because I I mean, I went into this marriage, you know, where I don't want to have children. And so it's I mean, it's one of those things where somebody has to give, right? Like can you re- can you be happy with just us and and his his daughter, so my stepdaughter? Like will that be enough? And I mean, she's going to be 18 next week. So it's like truly we like she's, you know, flown the coop, so to speak. Like we would be empty nesters before we're 40. So, um, right. Yeah. So it was, it was a big conversation around, we didn't really talk a lot about alternative methods, like to the granular point of how much money would we put into it? We did have a lot more serious talks about adoption and fostering and, and we went more down that road and it wasn't like, okay, the light bulb moment, right? Like suddenly I want to have them just gradually over time, whenever people would ask me, oh, are you guys thinking about having kids? I found myself realizing that it wasn't such the quick answer anymore, that it had slowly kind of creeped in. And we got married in March and had decided, okay, well, let's just see what happens. And that's kind of what we did. And we we didn't put any pressure on ourselves. I think we were very re- realistic about it. But at the same time with my age at the time, which was 30 six, I think. Like, if we're going to do this, we have to try now. Tried now and then um, found out in May that we were expecting. We were very lucky. Is your husband um, similar in age? He's about 18 months younger than me. But if you ask him, he thinks he's like 10 years younger than me. I mean, he makes <laughs> there are a lot of running jokes in our house about how elderly I am. So <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of different components to your story. So I would presume you never wanted to have children. So is that different from, you, you say you never wanted to be a parent. Is that different from my understanding? Like, did you never want to have children or did you never want to be a parent? That's a really good question. I 
never wanted to be a parent. And because I really couldn't handle being around kids. And I have a nephew who's 10. And he's even now is sometimes it's very difficult for me to be around him just because it's like you can't keep up with that level of energy. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know if I could do this full time with my own child. But then, you know, being around Jalen after all these years really helped too because she's such a fantastic child and Chuck and her mother and her stepfather have everybody has done such a great job with her being a step parent helped change your mind a little bit I think so I I think that that probably is what if I really like truly sat and thought about when things started to shift I mean a lot of it I think was seeing Chuck as a parent but I think too it was seeing how impactful you can be with a young person's life and just how much you can teach them. Rewind 10 years ago, you meet Chuck and I I presume you found out he was a dad fairly early in the courtship. Yes. Like that night. And that, that obviously wasn't a deal breaker for you. No, but he, he did tell me I found out after, um, almost as a test. So I had found out that he had said to someone like, Hey, watch this. I'm going to tell this girl that I'm a dad. Let's see what she does. And I, yeah. And I, (laughs) because Chuck has, is a person who has had to fight very hard for the time that he has with his daughter Mm -hmm. and like truly nothing is going to come beyond that. So he comes at it from an angle of, I'm not here to waste anybody's time. If this is a deal breaker for you, I may as well find out right now. And then, you know, I'm sure that I kind of hesitated. I mean, we were at a bar, we were drinking. I was in my twenties. I mean, it's just, oh, I have a daughter. And I was like, oh, that sounds neat. I mean, I'm sure, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm sure I didn't say the right thing. <laughs> but um, we, I think, dated maybe six months before um, I met her. And he was really, you know, kind of deliberate in that. But it's 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 so easy to let him drive it all, not only because, of course, it's his daughter, but I have no context. Like, I'd never dated anybody with a child before, so I was it was perfectly fine to, like, do everything on their timeline. How was that encounter? Uh, we went and saw a movie, and, I mean, she was very young. I would say she was, I mean, seven or eight. And, you know, she's kind of hugging him, and I could tell she was shy. And uh, But I think, like, going to the movie helped in the way because we – of course, couldn't talk the entire time, but we were still all together. And it was just very slowly kind of intertwining us together. At six months, you're probably becoming fairly serious, right? Like thinking about the future, thinking about perhaps marriage, whatever. How did you feel about becoming a potential stepmother? I mean, it was a bit daunting. Uh, I mean, when she's that age, and I can have a really kind of I don't know how you would describe my personality, maybe sharp at times. And I knew that, you know, I would need to like soften around. Perhaps the word you're looking for is abrasive. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like you've known me just about a year. Yeah. I mean that, uh, yeah, I can be a little rough around the edges. Sure. Um, So I, I just, it was just really spending time with her, but really when I feel like I crossed kind of over the line with Jalen into like, okay, this is a a real relationship is when she became a teenager because there were just, she would open up to me more. um, And we were just able to have a lot more honest conversations. And that just came with time and age, her age. We'll be back after a short break. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that, frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. So you mentioned Jalen's mom and Jalen's stepdad and your husband and then there's you. What is it like trying to find your role in her life? It's really hard um, because Jalen has a really, really good mom and her stepdad is really cool too. Um, we all, well, not we all, her mom couldn't come with, but myself, Chuck and her stepdad all went up to and did like a college weekend visit together. And I mean, it was, I didn't think it was uncomfortable at all. The other thing is like Jalen is very involved in sports and so we, we all see one another constantly. Like I know her parents, I know his parents. And when I say I know them, I know them like when I see them, we don't all, you know, oh, hey, how was your week? We don't do any of that. Um, but at one point, I think that it took literally years, Kelsey, before myself and Jalen's mom ever said a word to one another. And that's sort of one of those things that I never thought about as it was happening organically. But over time, I was so, I started to wonder like, should I have introduced myself to her? Should he have introduced us? Should she have introduced herself to me? Like I, you just don't know the rules in these situations. So it was, it was kind of tricky because like she's got such a strong mom. And even now Jalen has three younger siblings and I, I watch them at these sporting events and they're all so well behaved. And just like, how, how does she do that? You know, like I hope, I hope my daughter now is like that. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult, but you just have to find kind of your niche. Like, what can I bring to the table that, that maybe someone else can't? And I think that my humor and I think that that has really helped make her feel relaxed around me. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Do you feel like there, like, obviously you're not, you're not trying to fill the role of her mom, but you're also, and and for context, Amy, I come from a blended family and have uh, a stepmother and step siblings. So I, it, it, this all, it just, it, it's something that I live and breathe. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting for me to talk to other people about it because it's, it's an interesting situation as an adult to be in because you're not trying to fill that mother role because it doesn't matter what the situation is. You can't like, that's not mm-hmm. the prerogative right. of a, of a stepmom. but you're not her friend. You know, you're not, 
you're not the buddy. You still need to be an authority figure of Mm -hmm. sorts, right? I think that that's probably the hardest thing that I've struggled with is that the line between I want you to be comfortable and casual and talk to me, but yes, maintaining that, that like boundary. I mean, of course, as she's gotten older, you know, when I start to talk to thing, talk to her about things that, you know, you have to talk to teenagers about like boys and sex and responsibility, because if we live in one town that's 20 miles away from her hometown, it's very interesting when you, when you really think about like, okay, she tells us, here's a great example that just happened last night. She's like, okay, we thought she was on her way to our house. A bunch of time went by and she's like, oh, my mom asked me to do some chores. Well, we don't know necessarily that that's true. What if she's at her boyfriend's house? You know, we don't know where he lives. We don't know them. And so it's just, it's really having to establish trust and communication and, well, at the same time, being practical and realistic. Like this is a teenage girl here. And I think that it really, what it honestly comes down to is like, this can't be the responsibility of the kids. It needs to be both sets of parents being mature enough to communicate. Like, hey, Jalen's on her way. She just left our house and vice versa. Mm, sure. Super yeah. simple fix in my mind. But really, I'm I'm in fourth place, right? It's like, you know, her parents, her stepdad, and then I came in last. So I really try to be mindful of that too. Let's rewind Back to the part of the conversation where you're saying, okay, we're married, we're a tie, you know, clock's a ticking, mm-hmm. we're going to see what happens here. And you mentioned you got pregnant very quickly. How, when did you get pregnant? How quickly after that? Uh, I would say it was eight weeks after we got married. Holy buckets. I mean, it's... <laughs> When you think about like just how hard, you know, how long people try and things like that. I mean, it, we really, it's probably one of the things I'm the most grateful for is that it just happened without any stress or pressure. It it truly was a, let's just see what happens. And to be honest, I didn't even know that I was pregnant. Um, My husband figured it out. What? Yeah. <laughs> like I had, I, okay, this for your audience, I hope this isn't like too TMI. I'll try to keep this like very as G level as I can, but we were at having breakfast and I felt the teensiest bit queasy. And I mean, it even though that happened at the onset, I, I had zero like morning sickness or anything like that. It was the only moment and it lasted like a second. And he just happened to be sitting there and he was like, are you going to throw up? And I go, no, I'm not going to throw up. I just felt a, a tiny bit nauseous. Well, when did you last have your period? I'm like, I don't know. Um, six, you know, six weeks ago, six weeks. I mean, he's like screaming in Perkins, Kelsey. He was like, (laughs) six weeks. And I was like, Chuck, oh my God, keep it together. And he was like, we're going to Walgreens on the way home. And I have to, I will say this too. Like I've never, I've never even had a scare in my life. Like buying that pregnancy test that day was the first time I'd ever bought a pregnancy test. No, this is not a joke. I was like skipping into Walgreens. I was like, this is so stupid. I'm just humoring him. There's no way I'm pregnant. I would know. And then sure enough, like take the test. And then I, um, I, I learned this, like, just get the digital yes, no people like going forward. If you're ever wondering, don't do like the two line, one faint line. It'll just mess with your head. Just get the yes, no. Um, and so I ended up going up to like the minute clinic at target and the lady was like, I mean, she, she just had to be really frank with me. She's like, look, those tests aren't wrong. She goes, the the test that I would give you right now is the same thing you just got from the other place. She goes, you're pregnant. And then she hugged me and said, congratulations. And I mean, that, that was it. That was when I was like, okay, like 
this is happening. We're doing it. That day we were going to go to one of my best friend's house for like a pool party. I knew that I couldn't cancel. And so I would like bring beers down and then dump them out in the sink. And then I would deliberately leave my empties on the bottle and not, or I'm sorry, on the countertop and then not recycle them. So it like looked like I, oh yeah, Amy's putting some back, whatever. Um, Just all, all a big show. You are so sneaky. How was your pregnancy? Any complications? Easy peasy? Easy peasy. I, I loved being pregnant. I would, I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. I honestly feel like it calmed me. Like I wasn't as wound up. I wasn't as anxious. I just really kind of mellowed out. And I mean, because of my age and I have high blood pressure. So, I mean, there were some, I would say like precautions that my doctor had to take, but in terms of, you know, physically how I felt, I did feel like I had a very, very smooth sailing pregnancy overall. And delivery? Well, I ended up, um, she was breached the entire pregnancy. And the doctor just said at the 36 week appointment, like, look, I could move her, but it would be really painful for you. Um, probably, you know, uncomfortable for the baby. So I think we just need to do a C-section. And I was like, yep, that's fine. Let's do a C-section. Well, then fast forward a month to the actual delivery. And we found out in the room that the baby was actually um, wenched under my rib the entire pregnancy. And he had to like kind of tug her. Like when my husband walked in, they didn't bring him in either right away. When I kind of realized that it was time, I was like, hi, hi, can someone go grab my husband? So as he's walking in the OR, he kind of sees the doctor like kind of tugging her by the leg out. You know, in hindsight, it's a little, I don't, I don't know, frustrating is the right word because we have a healthy baby, but you know, I don't with, I was getting ultrasounds every week because of my age and like how no one could see that. And if he had tried to move her, what potentially could have been the ramifications of that because she was stuck. Um, but uh, the C-section went really well. My recovery went really well. The only scary thing that happened, I would say, is that because she was stuck under there for the entire pregnancy, as she grew, her skull had nowhere to grow but backward. So she had a very elongated head. And on the day she was born, the nurse said, this is okay. Kids are born with messed up shape heads all the time. And I really didn't think anything about it. The very next day we had surgeons and physical therapists and pediatricians and everybody in the room. And it was very, very difficult. They basically uh, felt that Ren, that's my daughter's name, Ren had, it's called craniostenostosis, which is where the skull bones fuse prematurely and you need to have surgery uh, at the time that they're if Ren had had it, it would have been four months old. She would have had surgery on her skull to I don't know, crack them back open um, so that her brain could continue to grow normally. And that was extremely difficult and emotional. Um, and that was probably the hardest part of, of having, having the baby. But we went to Gillette Children's Hospital, where coincidentally my sister is an RN and met with a neurosurgeon and a plastic surgeon and everybody there. And they, he did the scans and came back and they showed us and her skull had not fused. And he looked at us and said, if I had a stack of Bibles here, I would have swore up and down that your baby had craniostenostosis. And it was like, it's, it's emotional to even talk about because we thought that we were going to go in there and have to schedule a surgery. And to hear that we didn't have to was, um, we were like stunned, silent, honestly. I really can't say enough about Gillette Children's Hospital. Like they are so amazing, the work that they do. And I had someone call me and walk me through 
the process and the surgery and the recovery time, because this is a surgery where, I mean, there's the, the clock is ticking. Like if you don't do it, I believe by the time the child is, it's either two or three years old, like it can't, you can't go back and change your mind. But not only would it stunt them potentially neurologically, it it absolutely would physically. Like if you see someone that like didn't have this corrective surgery, you would be able to tell by looking at them. So I mean, we knew that no matter what, if she had it, that we would have to go down this road. And that is mm. the mind frame that we went in into the hospital with thinking is like, okay, well, we're going to have a baby that's going to have to have surgery on her skull. Right. And we went in for many follow-up appointments and plastic surgery appointments and things like that, just to kind of make sure that everything was still developing um, normally and not to like, you know, maybe throw in something light here. I feel like putting kids in helmets these days is like putting teenagers in, in braces when they're like 12. I mean, everybody, I feel like every baby's in a helmet these days. So, I mean, we kind of went down that path and explored that with the plastic surgeon too. Like, is she going to maybe surgery, but maybe this middle road of the helmet will have to do. And even now, I mean, Ren has an enormous head. Her head is hundredth percentile. She's got a gigantic head. She probably always will. Like I never put her in those cute little headbands that little baby girls wear because I'm like, you know, she's going to get a headache. Like she's got a monster's head. Like we're just going to own it. Um, so, um, you know, we had a lot of follow-up appointments and, and, you know, luckily we didn't have to have to have surgery, but it was, that was, I think the, the scariest part of, you know, conceiving the pregnancy and then the birth. Like that was definitely, I would say the hardest part was dealing with the craniosynostosis. How old is Ren now? 14 months. So for somebody who never wanted to be a parent, how has it gone for you? She is the most wonderful thing in the world and the best part of my day. She really is. Like you, I love like Chuck and I kind of, I'm not going to say fight because that's of course really dramatic, but when we hear her kind of squawking in her crib, he's like, oh, I'll go get her. I'm like, no, I'll go get her. And, you know, picking her up from daycare. And I mean, she really is the best and she's just starting to walk and it's very exciting and um Aww. you know saying mama and dada and just who can comfort her and feeding her food and she's becoming curious about her dogs i mean everything about her is fabulous like she it's really you know i'm going to be one of those people that is cliche as it sounds like it's the best it's the best thing it's it's the best thing in the world being a parent i don't think i asked you how you came to her name one of one of my very best friends in the world. Her name is Ren, and I've never heard somebody else named Ren before. And when I met you and you said your daughter's name was Ren, I just, I was so floored because it seems like such a unique name. Where did you come up with that? So we didn't decide on the name until we were driving to the hospital. And as I said, I had a C-section. So we had like a list and you know, kind of crossed things off. And at the end we had, I don't know, maybe like four or five names that we were down to. And I just kind of threw in the towel that I was never going to get Chuck to commit to a name and that he would just come up with a name and it would be perfect. And I'd love it. And to be honest, like that's exactly what happened. So we were, Ren was on the list. So I think I saw it on one of those top 50, I don't know, trendy baby name, whatever. I also don't know anyone named Ren. Um, and the day before we had the baby, we decided on the middle name, which is Gwendolyn. And that is my husband's um, godmother who has uh, passed away several years ago from complications of lupus. But um, so we had the family name kind of tied in with the middle name the night before we decided on that. And then it's like 5 a.m. And uh, my mom came with us to the hospital 
And I was kind of out of it, of course, from the anesthesia. But when we were in the room after she was born, Chuck kind of had to like kick my mom out or have the nurse kick my mom out because he was like, Amy, like seriously focus here. (laughs) And he was like, so Ren, are you okay with Ren? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I really like Ren. And then since then, I've had a couple people tell me that there's like um, a traffic reporter or something for a news station locally whose name is Ren. And then I get all uppity about it, Kelsey. I'm like, oh God, I'm sure her real name is Ren. And like, I like I suddenly am entitled and she's just this pretentious broad out there using this you quote stage name so or whatever. Funny that uh, her name is Ren Claire and she's on KSTP and she's local from the area. She's from Hopkins. She that is so Hopkins. funny. Okay, so, so is Ren her given name? Yes, Ren Claire. That is hilarious. Oh, I almost wish it was like a fake name so I could just say that I'm right. But <laughs> what has being a parent taught you about yourself and your relationship with your husband? So what it's taught me about myself is that Ren is the only thing that I feel like I'm patient with. I'm I can be pretty, you know, get kind of hot quickly. Um, I'm kind of a doer, like, let's get this done. Let's knock it out, whatever. But whenever it comes to Ren, I have found that I just, I don't get frustrated and I'm very calm and I'm just like, yep, she's crying, but we'll figure it out. Babies cry. And my husband's kind of opposite. Like he actually is very even killed and very calm and nothing really rattles him. But then when Ren cries, he's like, oh my gosh, she's crying. What should we do? What's going on? And I'm just like, dude, will you chill out? Like, it's okay. Babies cry. <laughs> so it's been kind of a role reversal with Ren in that regard, in that aspect to our personalities. Interesting. Uh, with, yes. It's complete opposite because I think because my husband had a kid so young that he really does not get wound up about anything and he really doesn't get stressed out and everything kind of rolls off his back. And I'm, you know, the complete opposite, except now that we have a baby together that one thing has kind of flip flopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and with our marriage, I mean, everything, our marriage really, I don't think was our dynamic didn't really change a lot. I mean, there's a lot that, you know, I want to engage him in more and that we do together. Now I feel like, you know, we are both really independent people probably because we got married, you know, in our thirties rather than in our twenties. And so, we have our own friends and we have our own activities and we do our own things. And we don't, we are not the couple that, Oh, let's do everything together. Oh, you like restaurant week. Oh, you want to go to Chanhassen dinner theater. Okay. Let's do everything together. That's not us. Not even close. So, but now that we have Ren, I mean, we just spend a lot more time together, you know, dinner together is of course a lot more important. Um, and so it's really kind of brought us together in that, in that aspect of just Aww. planning and talking and communicating and it. And I think it's helped grow us in that way. Looking back, can you, and I feel silly asking this question because I know the answer, but can you imagine your life without being a parent now? I may surprise you with my answer. The answer is yes. And kind of yes and no. Um, because I do remember what my life was like before when you could sleep in and when you could Netflix and chill and have a bottle of wine and Amen. you could just kind of do whatever you want. Like I do remember what that feels like and that freedom and those days. And I, I a hundred percent get that. But then at the same, but then on the other side, it's like, no, I cannot imagine my life without her because she just is the happiest part of me. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking and I still 
I, I, I enjoy my job. I enjoy my work, but I have never been more excited to leave work than when I came back after maternity leave and I could just leave knowing that I was on my way to go see my baby. And it was, it's just like, I've, I haven't been that excited on a daily basis, probably ever. I totally agree. We'll be back after a short break. Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work, which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. How do conversations with your husband look now when you guys talk about your future family like or or I I suppose in retrospectively like does he feel like he changed your mind does you know is it very is it very much like no you came around to it on your own like do you guys ever talk about what changed and how that's a really good question we don't actually he doesn't he definitely is not the stance of I changed your mind. Like he, I think he was more surprised when I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe this is, this is something I want to explore because truthfully, I think that he'd accepted quite some time ago. Like, I'm not going to be able to change this girl's mind. Like I'm either with her with no kids or I want to have kids more and we need to kind of throw in the towel and and start over. So it's not that now we just more have conversations around, okay, do we want to have, you know, cause now we have Jay, we have his, you know, Jalen, we have Ren, do we want to have a third? And I'm very close with my siblings. So how I had kind of pitched it to him or pitched it, whatever, how I'd kind of said my position was, is I'm willing to have kids, but I want either zero or two because I can't imagine my life without my sister's. And so I want to have, and because Jalen is just significantly so much older, I mean, of course they're, she's our child nurse and Ren's sister, but just someone, you know, in her age range in the house. Mm-hmm. So now we right. kind of talk about, okay, well, how long do we want to wait? And, um, I actually just saw my doctor last week and he just sort of like looked at me and I go, I know the clock is ticking. And he just said, I'm glad you said it. So I'm mean, like, <laughs> I mean, we know that this is like a decision that needs to be made sooner rather than later. Isn't it like the worst, like thinking, like just feeling and thinking mm-hmm. 
like you're a young buck and being like, no, actually, ma'am, that would be a geriatric pregnancy. It's so ridiculous. I mean, at some point, somebody is going to have to adjust this time clock because even my doctor <laughs> said to me when we, when we were pregnant with Ren, he goes, when someone comes in here and they're 24 and they're pregnant, he goes, I ask them, did you have a birth control fail? And they're like, no, no, we tried to get pregnant. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Because so many people are having kids later in life that it's almost bizarre now to see someone in their 20s like you think that they did it by accident. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's so funny to think about how you started into the relationship that night at the bar before you even knew that you were starting into a relationship. Right. <laughs> now and all of the things that have changed. And I, I'm certainly not one who thinks that everyone should be a parent or that that's some, you know, in, innate desire that everyone has. I I understand that that's just either not in the cards for people or like they're not interested. And I think that's great. I think we need all kinds of different people in the world. But for somebody on the fence who's thinking, like maybe maybe not or maybe they never wanted kids but they're now in a relationship with a partner who does want kids like what kind of advice would you give someone in that situation like what what kind of things should they think through what words of wisdom would you provide I feel like the most common answer that I hear from people who say that they don't want to have kids is you know, I'm too selfish. I like my me time. And I can relate to both of those things. I would just say, trust your trust your gut and you have more love to give than you probably realize. And I don't think that it's about missing something in your life or not wanting to be alone when you're, you know, in your sixties, like you want kids to come over for the holidays and things like that. But just think about your life now. There is, you have more within you to give than you think. And just really think about being a parent and all the good that that comes to the table. I mean, you hear about things like my baby is colicky or my baby doesn't cry or whatever. And I mean, of course, we had our own like little health scare, but um, you can also have a wonderful pregnancy and a wonderful birthing experience and a wonderful baby and everything can be can be good, too. I mean, within reason, kids are stubborn and messy and expensive, but yeah, it's um, it, it, it really is. It really is such a joy. If there's one thing that I could say, really think about how you speak to people about pregnancy and child rearing and being a parent, because it is everyone's choice. And think about that. You don't know what everyone is going through. You could be asking someone if they want to have kids, not realizing that that person, that couple have gone through a couple of miscarriages already. So just be mindful of how it's being worded. It is a personal decision for everyone because not everybody wants to be a parent and that is awesome. And not everybody, you know, gets pregnant within eight weeks like I did. And that's okay too. I mean, everybody really has their own journey. I could not agree with you more. And one of, one of the things that really bothered me when I got married, so, and I, I I, I'm sure you can relate to this. I don't even have to ask you, but it's when you're dating somebody seriously, everyone asks you when you're getting married, when you're getting married, when you're getting married, which in of itself is 
kind of an aggressive question, right? Like it's different if it's your, your sister or your dad or whatever, but Mm -hmm. just like a random coworker or an acquaintance or whatever. It's, it's, it's a weird, if you think about it, it's a really weird question to ask somebody because maybe they don't want to get married, whatever, whatever the case you get married and it is like wedding day, like discussion when do you want to have kids? It really is. And it is like, it's, it's rude. It is so, and it feels so old school because Mm -hmm. I will tell you when my husband and I got married, my husband did not, I felt like I could be, I I could live a very fulfilled life without children. Mm -hmm. I wanted children, but for the first time in my life, I felt like I could be fulfilled. My husband was not sold. So like what a strange question to ask somebody who is celebrating their marriage, mm-hmm. right? Like they've just decided to spend their entire life with somebody and you're saying, oh, okay, cool, cool. But, uh, but what about kids? Exactly. Yeah. One always leads to the next. Um, I would say for my husband, his biggest hot button is when people ask us when we're going to have a second and he goes, Ren is our second. We have Jalen. We already have two kids. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that makes so much uh, sense. Yes. And so people like don't people don't think about that. And it's really weird. Like family. I'm not even talking about friends. I'm talking about family that have known Jalen her whole life will say to us, When are you having a second? Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild. Or like when we get um like wedding invitations, he'll say, Who's all on the invite? Like he's very I mean, he's a dad. Of course he's protective. It's his daughter. He's like, who's all invited? Is Jalen invited? Is Jalen on the invite? So, I mean, and that, again, is like back to, you know, why, you know, seeing him as a father was really a huge catalyst into helping me kind of overcome, okay, do I, do I want to do this? Do I want to be a parent? Having a strong partner is everything. What is your favorite part about seeing him be a dad? Uh, The way she laughs. She laughs with him like no one else. And he's loud and he's goofy and he does voices and he does like Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura and she laughs her butt off and it's hilarious. Like, I don't do that. I mean, I can fake it, but I mean, it doesn't work. She doesn't laugh that I've just embarrassed myself, but he does it really successfully. And it's hilarious. The way that she laughs with her dad is hands down my favorite thing ever. When you think about being a parent mm-hmm. from somebody who never wanted to be a parent, what is your primary goal when you think about Jalen and Ren and their future and what you hope to instill or teach them or, you know, just when you go through life day to day, what's in the back of your mind that you have to remind yourself like, okay, this is, this is the ultimate goal. This is what I'm going for. My answer to that is I want them to be empowered. I don't want them to be under old gender rules. And I have to think about that all the time because I'm a doer and my husband really is not. He's kind of a, oh, cool. You got that. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to watch Deadliest Catch or whatever it may be. Um, And I I always am thinking about what am I teaching Jalen? What am I showing Jalen? Because she's just at that age where she's going to start having, you know, serious relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is. It's like, what am I showing them about how to be careful about who you're surrounding yourself with and the habits that you get into and 
just the the stereotypical gender roles. That's really what I want to break. Would you say that you and Chuck break those gender roles? I would say that I do more than he does. Like it's more top of mind for me, which I think speaks to the fact like men, I don't think, think that there necessarily are, you know, gender roles, but I think that as women, we just are natural caretakers, I guess. And I even hate saying that, right. I don't even like making that type of a blanket statement. Um, But uh, I just really want to make sure that there is equality and that things are meant to be 50-50 in a partnership. And that's what a marriage is. I love that. So Amy, we are coming up on the end of our time here. Is there anything that you feel like I didn't ask you that you want to talk about? No, this has been really good. I haven't talked about a lot of this stuff in a long time or yeah, thought about this a lot of this in like at least a year. So this has been kind of cathartic a little bit for me, I think. But for people that are wondering whether or not you should have kids, just don't rush into it and don't be on like society's timeline. You know, just because you graduate from high school doesn't mean you have to immediately go to college. And just because you're a woman of a certain age doesn't mean that you have to birth a child. Like it's okay to take your time and figure out what works best for you. And if you need to tell somebody to go pound sand, then tell them to go pound sand. (laughs) I love it. Just great advice. Thank you, Amy. You got it. (laughs) You were such a fun and just like breath of fresh air on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. This was this was great. And to all the listeners, thank you as well. I know you have an abundance of podcast options and I am just humbled and grateful that you chose to spend time with Parently today. I do invite you to tune in next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, uh, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And we will see you next time.